Cause we got the alternative energy right. For nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hi, my name is Marissa This episode of the Radioactive Show Was recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation Today's show showcases two very important anti-nuclear campaigns We will start off speaking with Mike Smith who is involved with the Australians for War Powers Reform Campaign. He is a journalist and a public affairs consultant for clients in international law and humanitarian aid around the world. Mike will discuss the exclusion of military pollutions from climate agreements and how this impacts on climate change. Then we will interview Mia Pepper, nuclear-free campaigner at the Conservation Council of WA. She has campaigned on nuclear issues and mine closure issues in Australia and particularly West Australia for over a decade. Also joining us will be Uncle Kevin Buzzacott, Adabuna Older, who has been working over 30 years to highlight the impacts of uranium mining. They will be two speakers at a wonderful online forum, which is brought to you by Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective in collaboration with Blockade IMARC, which is happening on Thursday, 21st October, 7 to 8.30pm. This panel of speakers have lots of experience fighting radioactive racism. More about that shortly. But first, let's talk with Mike Smith, who's on the line right now. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Marissa. Lovely to be with you. It's lovely to have you. And there is, this is, these are very, very challenging times, aren't they, with the pandemic? And we're actually in stage four lockdown in Victoria, and I'm doing the show remotely from home. <laughs> it's a challenging time indeed, but I also think some great things come out of it as well, in, including community, but certainly it's a great challenge. It really is. So, Mike, let's start off then. Um, can you talk about climate change and discuss really why is it that war and war preparations, are major, which are major greenhouse gas emitters, why... Does that need to be included in mandatory greenhouse gas emission re reduction standards? It's interesting because going back hundreds of years, going back a thousand years, military and war has always been excluded from democracy and from transparency. And that stems back to the royal prerogative of the English and British monarch to bypass the parliament and declare war and do whatever they wanted to do. It was a sort of absolute monarchy. That Royal Prerogative Act still exists today and actually um, is implemented in the Commonwealth nations. But it, it's great at the moment that the world is focused on climate change, but unfortunately, military pollution is excluded from climate agreements. In Kyoto in 1997, uh, military greenhouse gas emissions were exempted from the climate negotiations. Then in Paris in 2015, it was left up to the discretion of individual nations, and of course many of them aren't doing it. And the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change obliges signatories such as America and Australia, the UK, Germany, France, Japan, China, to publish annual greenhouse gas emissions but military emissions reporting is voluntary and it's often left out. NATO has acknowledged that this is a problem, but unfortunately it hasn't come up with any solutions. It hasn't come up with an approach to 
address this. And we know that military emissions is huge. And it's not just the tanks and planes and ships and vehicles, uh, you know, burning fossil fuels. It's the impact of these conflicts themselves, as well as, and this is the biggest emitter, the supply chain, the procurement and the production of arms. And the arms industry globally is massive. The 25 biggest arms manufacturing companies in the world in 2019 had revenue of $360 billion, and that was up nearly 10% on the previous year. And we know, again, the military emissions reporting is not precise because they're not obliged to do it, but the UN, United Nations has reported that in 2019, the 27 nations in the EU had military greenhouse gas emissions of 25 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent. And in the UK alone in 2018, 11 tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent from military greenhouse gas emissions. So it's a very, very significant problem indeed. Thank you so much, and you've given a great overview. And I know that question probably sounded simplistic to you, didn't it? I hope, I hope um, that you understand, Mike, why I asked that question, because often, you know, it's important to ask why it needs to be included, because we're speaking about this ahead of the Climate Summit coming up, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, what's the point of having a, a climate agreement if America or someone else drops an atomic bomb? <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest environmental damage you can cause. There's a documentary on uh, television at the moment in Australia about Chernobyl, and it's been said that uh, that radiation in that area will be there for 20,000 years. I was in Japan uh, after the earthquake and tsunami in 2011, and the Fukushima, Fukushima nuclear power plant was damaged. Um, it's going to take upwards of 40 years to clean up that mess. Uh, and 154,000 people were evacuated from that radiation zone. So, you know, there is enormous potential damage that can be caused by these things. And it's things like the atomic bomb, the two American atomic bombs in 1945, the greatest environmental disaster that's ever been, the greatest war crimes that have ever been committed were those two bombs. And has America and the Allies, which includes Australia, ever been held to account for that? No, never. But that massive radiation explosion at the end of World War II has led to um, you know, an enormous focus on the environment. Uh, and that's led us to where we are today. What we need to do moving forward now is get those military greenhouse gas emissions included in our climate agreements. As I said, for over a 1,000 years, military activity and war has sat outside democracy. It's sat outside the UN Security Council. I mean, Australia and the America and the UK and Poland did not have UN Security Council approval to invade Iraq in 2003, but they did it anyway. They went in. So when it comes to military and then military pollution, it seems to sit outside all the organised global treaties, 
but at least we're talking about it, at least we're focusing on it, at least we're measuring to a degree some of these uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And hopefully in the future, if people can uh, discuss it further and um, agitate further, we can get these military greenhouse gas emissions into our climate agreements. And hopefully, I mean, what's great about this conversation is it's also focusing us on the you know, further damage of military conflict and war. There must be no more exemption for military pollution. Mike, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It's been lovely to have you. We've only got half an hour for our show, so you've given an extremely concise account, and thank you so much for your time. Marissa, my pleasure. Take thank care. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We just heard from Mike Smith with the Australians for War Powers Reform Campaign, and there's a petition directed at the participants in the COP26 UN Climate Change Conference that will be held in Glasgow, Scotland between the 1st to the 12th of November to stop excluding military pollution from climate agreements. And to sign on to that or to sign on with an organisation that you're involved with, just go to cop26.info. And that's organised by World Beyond War. And they have lots of fantastic resources on their website, worldbeyondwar.org. Now we'll hear Dirty Dollar by Kev Carmody.
You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The nuclear industry and its boosters want to assure a piece of the pie in the race to curb climate change. Will Australia's anti-nuclear movement let them get away with it? And that was actually a quote that I've taken the liberty of reading out from the Friends of the Earth blurb on an upcoming online forum that will discuss the reasons why nuclear power is not the green solution to climate change. It's presented to be. And there's going to be an excellent panel of speakers and I'll be interviewing Mia Pepper and also Uncle Kevin Bovacott and I'll be speaking with both of them in regards to the forum and having a look at a little bit about uranium mining and some of the history. Hello, Mia and Uncle Kevin. Welcome to the program. Hi, Marie. Hello, yeah. No it's lovely. Thank you. It's lovely to have you both. I, in fact, I have... you. Probably, you, Uncle, you probably don't remember me. I think you might remember me, Mia, but I have very fond memories of both of you, really, because... And I remember going being outside BHP um, many years ago now and did some recordings, and both um, you and Uncle were there that day. It's great to have you both. Let's yarn then about the online forum that's coming up, and I believe that both of you are going to be speakers there. Can you tell tell me what it's about? Do you want to start off, um, Mia? Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk lately about nuclear power, and so the, the forum coming up is really a bit of a look at um, what's happening with nuclear power globally, what um, who's pushing it, you know, what kind of political responses there have been and then looking also at the grassroots movement and how communities are responding. Um, but for us in Australia, the implications here are really big when it comes to uranium mining because if, if we see um, the uptake of more nuclear power reactors, it means there's more pressure uh, in Australia to mine uranium. Absolutely. And... Both of you would know that since the 1970s that there's been a significant number of Australians that have opposed uranium mining in seeking to break their country's involvement in a nuclear industry. And, Uncle, you would know that, you know, the nuclear industry is prone to accidents and creations of weapons of mass destruction. In fact, I was, I was actually reading um, an interview that you did with Ian McIntyre. Do you remember Ian McIntyre, Uncle, years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. He wrote a book, um, How to, how to um, Make Trouble and Influence People, and you were one of the people um, in the... And he did a great interview, and I was just wanted to ask you, can you talk about some of the, the hazards of, of the nuclear industry and talk about how Aboriginal people are affected? Now, what's happening in our area is very devastating since... Uh, uh, the creation of uh, the birthing of BHP, Olympic Dam, with the sacred sites destroyed. And there's been a lot of people dying, and there's been a lot of people getting very sick, and it's still going, still happening. But, uh, I haven't been able to give anybody at this stage to, to test uh, waters and test the uh, airway and everything up there. But uh, it's very toxic. I wouldn't like going around up there too long. 
also some of the animals are sick as well. Yeah. Like the kangaroos and other birds. Birds. They've been dying from hanging in that some of the tailing dam up there. Yeah, it's awful. And, of course, it comes back to the pressure uh, that to see a sacred site destroyed before you. And, and the amount of water that they've been taken from the Lake Air Basin, the old mountain springs are just barely flowing. Some of them have dried up completely. And uh, I think they're still talking about expansion. They're talking about taking more water out of the basin. So that's going to cause the big problems, I see. Exactly. And yeah, Uncle... It, it goes on and on. We've been trying to tell them, but we can't get the word through to them. They just want yeah. to go ahead. Dig, dig, dig. Oh, for sure. Sorry to interrupt you, Uncle, there. I, I just wanted to make sure that listeners understood um, that you, you're also one of the keepers of Lake Eyre and, and um, did some work also with the Australian Olympic Dam Mine, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, the shareholders, there's a lot of shareholders in BHD, and uh, these shareholders that allow the company to go ahead, the corporations to go ahead, at least a lot of these shareholders don't actually know what they do, what sort of damage they're doing to that, to that uh, area, and also the... the, the uh, uranium itself, when it bleeds where it got, where from in the ground, generally it goes into bloody bombs and all sorts of things. All the Star Wars things we see now, a lot of that uranium is from there as well. Mm. So they're bombing and uh, blowing up people around the world with our uh, material. And... Uh, it actually comes from a sacred place, and uh, it's really sacred stuff, but they've turned it into a killer, killer machine, a killer substance that just wipes out everybody, black, white, and all sorts of things. And it also devastates your environment wherever the bomb goes off and stuff. Uh, it's got to stop, isn't it? It's got to stop, it's got to Uncle, stop, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and Uncle, I, I believe that you've um, been in, in a lot of campaigns taking the issues of dispossession and Aboriginal yeah. sovereignty directly to state and federal governments and the corporations they serve, haven't you? Yeah. That's, We've that's tried to put the old lake up, and the lake itself is a very special sacred place. we try to put it up way back for world heritage. So we can get protection from it. That's right. And uh, yeah. uh, we still need that protection because these people go in the Mammon Tongs, they got all sorts of different minerals they're looking at, and we don't even want them to touch the old lake. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. And Mia, what, you've been doing a bit of work as well anti, with anti nuclear? Um, yeah, well, we've just been trying to organise a little bit 
internationally in the lead-up to COP26 on the nuclear power issue, so connecting up with people from Taiwan and Africa and Philippines, Indonesia, India, Canada, Germany, um, kind of all over, um, and people are really feeling the pressure from, from the nuclear industry. So there's um, a new website that is run through um, some folks in Germany called Don't Nuke the Climate, and uh, we've been putting together a global statement that talks about lots of these issues um, and and really kind of outlines why we're opposed to nuclear power and getting organisations to sign on to that. I think there's over 150 organisations who have signed on so far um, and we're going to launch that ahead of the COP26 conference in Glasgow um, just to show a, a united global front against this industry and, and really highlight some of the things that Uncle Kev has, ta- has talked about that you know, this industry does impact people and it, the costs are really huge and the costs are, you know, felt by First Nations people and and, um, and remote communities. And, yeah, so it brings in a lot of the social justice issues as well as the weapons, the waste and the environmental issues. For sure. And could could one of you just announce the online forum that's coming up um, where, where you and Uncle will be speakers? So, yeah, there'll be an online forum on the 21st of October. So, Thursday, 21st of October, 7pm Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 South Australian Time and 4 o'clock WA Time. And it's online and Uncle Kevin is speaking and Scott Ludlam, Jim Green and myself will also be there online to answer questions and to talk nuclear power and uranium. That's fantastic. Uncle, did you have anything else you, you wanted to say about uranium mining? Yeah, I think uh, we also get them once it's all done, once they've used, uh, what do you call it, deplete, once the weapons uh, uranium done, then they want to waste dump it, they want to dump it in some other area. So they're looking back at South Australia again. So they upset another mob of people where they're going to try to put it. And uh, I don't know why, but they're sort of targeting South Australia for that, for the waste dump. And uh, people are worried about that, really concerned about it, because it's got to travel all through the country and everywhere else. And for spillages and accidents and that, you've got to watch it all. We've got to just stop this, otherwise our kids down the track are going to be so upset with us, their parents, that's us mob now, that uh, we're going to leave the kids in a big mess. The future's going to be a big mess. So we've got to stop it now and do something about it. Um, all right, well, just any any final comments that, that either of you have got? If anyone wants to have a look at that... Um global statement, you can see it at don't-nuke-the-climate.org and you can see all the organisations that have signed up and you can sign up. If there's an organisation you represent, you could sign up that organisation and that would be great. Fantastic. And going back to the online forum, um, these online things, they've they've emerged so much now 
during the pandemic. So the website for that is www.melbournefo.org.au forward slash nuclear no climate solution. All good. Um, yeah, very informal today. We, I, I just I invited you to in just, just to have a bit of a yarn. You know, no academia here, just to have a, a bit of a chat about the nuclear industry and to give a shout-out to all First Nations people and, and indeed a shout-out to all the hard-working um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous campaigners, including you, Uncle, and, and Mia. Thank you, Thanks for listening to the Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective in the studios of 3CR on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria, and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.